Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Day one, spring football 2022 in the books. And I'd say on the shores of Lake Washington, but uh, practice was all, pretty much all, uh, inside Husky Stadium today. Temperature was probably low 50s, you know, kind of a little bit chilly, not bad out there. But uh, they didn't use the East Field much. I saw some defensive linemen head over there for a little bit. But, uh, you know, pretty much everything was inside Husky Stadium today, guys. Yeah. Nope. The defensive line was the one kind of glaring omission. They were the only ones that I saw that went to the other field. The specialists field. did. The specialists Right. Did. Well, the specialists yeah. have their own little world. They, you know, half the time they spend it in Dempsey yeah. if they can. But, um, yeah, defensive line, uh, you know, unfortunately we didn't really get to see a ton of their work until the very end of the session that we were able to watch. But overall, I think we got close to an hour's worth of viewing, which for day one, especially considering we thought we were only going to get about half that, is fantastic. If I was to say today was a getting to know you practice, would that be far off? No, I mean, the coaches have to see how the players are going to respond to their coaching. The the players are going to have to see how these coaches coach, what the expectations are. There's just a lot of different things that they have to learn how, about. Yeah, just, you know, you take a look at just what was going on out there. And, again, just a lot of fundamentals going on out there. Uh, it's pretty obvious that Coach Shepard is the voice out there because you just can't. He was loud. He's loud. He's animated. He's twirling his arms. He's I mean, he's like, what do you call it, a top that's been spun loose mm -hmm. out there. So he's obviously the energy guy. Yeah. You yeah. never played spin the dreidel, Kim? <laughs> well, the other thing I noticed, and I don't know if you guys, you know, I was down on the field quite a bit, you know, um, early on. But, uh, you know, the one thing I caught up on is the personality. Everybody's got different coaching styles. These guys are a little bit more... <sighs> I don't know if angry is the right, right word. They're a little bit more in your face on stuff mm -hmm. so far on day one. I don't know if well, you picked they, up on that. They were, they were ad admonishing these guys, hey, sprint to every drill. Sprint to every drill. Sprint to, you know, you, you always finish strong. You do all these different things. And um, <clears throat> they, were, they were pretty adamant about that with the players. Um, as far as Jamarcus Russell, I mean, I could hear him. Jamarcus Shepard. <laughs> why do I keep saying it that way? I don't know why I keep saying that. Jamarcus Shepard, he's just, he was loud, and not in a bad way, but just, he's very loud, and at the end of practice, he's throwing passes with the wide receivers and having fun with them. So. Well, well, what was interesting, I saw him doing a thing with Jalen McMillan, you know, running through the arch or whatever you want to call it, and he's getting him hyped up, and he's going, dude, you've dropped that elbow, try this, do this, get back and do it again, and he went back and did it again, he goes, how much better did that feel? You know, so there's a lot of individual coaching and nuances and fundamentals that are going on as well. Well, this is the time of the year to have that. You have more time to do that this time of the year because the, there are certain things they want to get accomplished, but you're not preparing for a game this week, you know, or anything like that. This is the time when you can coach on the fundamentals and how Jimmy Lake and his staff wanted things done 
might not have the same fundamentals that we're seeing that this staff wants to do. So they need to make sure these guys understand that muscle memory is going to make you want to do this, but I want you to do this. Well, and finishing up on Shepard, um, we, there was a brief kind of one-on-one period with the, with the quarterbacks against the receivers and the DBs. Uh, he was living and dying with every rep. Like he, it didn't matter if you were the number one guy receiver or the, the last walk-on. He was like, we got to win this rep, you know, and, 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 and when there was a drop ball, he would just, you know, he did, he would do the old spin thing, but he would do it in the air. He would just do like, he would just everything. It was very, um, not like, I think intense is the wrong word. I think it was just very, in, he, he was invested. Let's put it that way. He, he was invested from the very, from the very moment they got on the field. Chris, tell me a little bit. You guys were up high. I was down low. I was down on the field. You guys were up in the stands a little bit, but you know, with all the coaches that we've covered since we've been doing this, I think this is our, what our eighth coaching staff, you know, the head coaches, they all have different styles. And, you know, with uh, Jimmy Lake, Jimmy seemed to hop from position to position and giving his input. You know, Chris Peterson did a little bit more of that, but, when I was seeing Coach DeBoer today, he just looked like he was just kind of gathering it all in. He didn't look like he was putting in a lot of input of what was going on. He just looked like more he was just absorbing what was going on. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, with Coach Pete and Coach Lake, now Coach Pete was definitely more of like, you know, we know he was a CEO manager, so he was kind of looking at everything real, kind of, you know, even if it was just kind of surface level, I think he just wanted to make sure those guys knew he was around and that he was paying attention. And obviously he was paying attention to the coaches. Primarily, And Lake, I think, probably did it very deliberately, very consciously. He wanted to make sure that even though he was known as a defensive guy, he wanted to make sure he spent time with the offensive line, with the tight ends, with the receivers, those things. With DeBoer, what I saw today was a guy who did move around a little bit, but he spent almost all the, the, the regular time that you would expect with the quarterbacks. Him and Grubb were right there. I mean, he was right there in their back pocket. Well, that's what Grubb said he was going to do. Yeah. When I asked, you know, where we'll see him at practice, and he said in the hip pocket of the quarterbacks, yeah. I will be right there. Yeah, and it not, but not just Grubb. It was DeBoer. And, and, and they were both really paying attention to it a lot, of, especially when, the, when they were doing the, 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 the periods where they were running routes, whether it was the tight ends or the receivers or the running backs. They, he was very conscious of kind of what was going on there and trying to get everyone, you know, flowing. And I, and I noticed, even though you talked about kind of a get-to-know-you session today, I thought the tempo of practice overall was pretty good for a first practice. Yeah, you know, and everybody's going to ask us, you know, the key to this camp is going to be, and the focus of this camp is going to be the quarterbacks, you know, and they have made it known numerous times that, you know, hey, all three guys are going to get the same amount of reps. All three guys, everything is equal. And uh, the guy to take the first rep today was? Dylan Morris. <laughs> yep, Dylan Morris. And it was a long bomb to uh, Romo Dunsey, who, and it was a perfectly thrown pass. And but he, didn't, uh, catch he it. didn't catch it. So He was going up against Elijah Jackson. Yeah. So it's, but um, I, I just I thought Dylan was had a lot more zip on his passes today. He looked like he had a little bit more anger, or maybe yeah. piss and vinegar on his yeah. throws. It's just he, he just seemed like his throws were a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if you want to say the words, but just seemed to have a little bit of fu in, yeah. into his throws. Yeah, I I agree. I I thought it was a lot of that. Michael Pangs comes out his first throw. Now it could have just been the way the guy ran the route. I don't know, but it was a bad throw. It was fell incomplete, <clears throat> and then, but then he he made some throws. He was one because he's left-handed, rolling to his right, and then he throws kind of 
he has to turn his body, contort his body to throw the ball. And you can just see the zip on his passes too. But they he, they both showed good touch. Sam had a really nice long throw on a on a touch pass too. I, I thought all the quarterbacks had their moments. I, but you can I can just see the the velocity that Dylan Morris was throwing with today, whereas the other guys seemed to be throwing more with touch. So I don't know if it was the routes he was throwing to or whatever it was, but there was a lot more zip on Dylan Morris's throws. Today. And obviously we've got to see more yeah. of what DeBoer and those guys yeah. do. But I was kind of intrigued a little bit. It felt the the style of coaching and the way they were going about it felt kind of whole part whole, kind of the way Chris Peterson used to do it in the sense that before they had the individual receiving drills and the tight ends drills and, the, and, and those guys were even throwing to air, he had them going 11 on 11. Now, mm-hmm. granted, it, they, they're not wearing pads today. It's just it's just light bulbs, shorts, and and, and helmets. But I thought it was interesting that even before they broke down into individual groups, he had them come together to see how things would go. And that's, like you said, mm-hmm. Penix from the jump did not look great. Mm-hmm. But clearly he, he looks the part of a guy yeah, that's going to seriously compete. Yeah, you know, and I think all three of the quarterbacks look different. But I, I think Dylan stood out to me today mm-hmm. because of what we said about that. But a little intensity. But I almost got the feeling a little bit like, okay, we're bringing in the quarter of that guy. We got Sam and – I'm a two-year starter here. You know what? Mm-hmm. He's got. It's almost seems like he's played today with a little bit of a chip on his mm-hmm. shoulder. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Dylan's just kind of that guy. He just he's steady. I mean, Grubb said it the other day that he and Penix are just kind of guys that plug away and do their thing. They 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 don't worry about what everybody else is doing. They're just worried about making their throws and making their reads and doing what they're supposed to cool, do. Cool under pressure. Yeah. I think yeah. it's kind of – he had he, – he mentioned they have kind of a similar demeanor. Yeah, you know, we saw uh, Michael Penix a little bit. You know, when the guys wasn't open, he'd pull the ball down and run a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if we're going to see, you know, much of that. But, um, you know – He needs to stay healthy if he's going to be out there, so <laughs> – yeah, you know, but when it comes to it, uh, you know, just what they were going through today, it's hard to really differentiate mm-hmm. one from another, like I said, except for the differences that we saw with Dylan out yeah, there today. Yeah, you can't, and especially we only got to see an hour of practice. You know, what they were doing full team stuff when we came in. Yeah, so. and, there, and there's no way of knowing, it, especially when they're not yep. wearing full pads. And you just, and again, you know, one of the things that, you know, Jimmy Lake did right off the bat last spring, he, he – you know, he told us flat out, he says, the way we're going to get better is by playing the game. That was kind of one of his fundamental mm-hmm. tenets is that we, I feel like you get better by playing football. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can play football is to do it full pads. That's why they had a lot of, of, of red zone, a lot of third down, a lot of stuff with a lot of contact. And that's what I'm really curious to see is how much of that contact we're going to see once the pads get on. Because I get the sense that we're not going to see that much. We're just not going to see mm-hmm. that much. Now, whether it's whether we won't literally see that much because we're limited in practice or whether or not they tell us, yeah, we're, we're just not going to be as expansive or as combative in spring because we want these guys to stay healthy. We want to make sure they're ready for the season, you know, those kinds of things. We talked about, you know, uh, Dylan Morris taking the first rep in the long pass to Romo Dunsey. Was that scripted? Just for us to see? No. No, I think it was a read. I thought you were going to tell us who the running back was. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, the we, running back. That's... We can get into the running back position here in a little bit. But I thought it was yeah. kind of funny. I just kind of laughed and chuckled. Like, oh, I think they did that for us. But uh-huh. I don't know about that because this one of the other throws, right, going the other way, 
was for um, Jackson, Giles Jackson, yeah. that was also incomplete. Yeah. yeah. And it, again, I don't he know. He was if, interfered with. And it was a little windy, yeah. so I don't know if they got hung up in the wind a little yeah. bit as well, but that's that was something I think maybe, like like Scott says, I think those plays were probably scripted. Yeah, and, and Sam still throws a pretty ball. Oh, way. absolutely does. Yeah, he throws it out in front real nice and everything like that. Is it that. because he's a lefty? No, the lefties just have that pretty motion. You know, a lot of people just love to watch that, but – you know, I I don't know. I, I, the, the room is lefty yeah. dominant now, guys. Yeah. So, we'll, well, we'll, not necessarily the scholarship room. Well, yes. Is, well, the, let's put it this way: the guys that are involved in the in the quarterback battle, uh-huh. it's All lefty right. dominant. Yeah. And so we're going to get a chance to see whether or not the whole, you know, the lefties throw a prettier ball, that kind of thing. We're going to be able to find that out. Today we talked to defensive guys, so I'm interested to talk to some of the receivers on um, Friday and get their thoughts on catching passes from lefties one thing and also yeah. one thing I, I maybe you guys can agree or not but and again so hard to know on the first day boy did it feel like the receivers kind of got unleashed a little bit like they just yeah. looked like they're maybe playing just a touch faster catching cool. a little bit more passes not less drops it just feels like there's maybe a different energy in that room and again that could all be about Jamarcus Shepard, <laughs> but I think gotta... it has as much to do with the scheme and kind of the mm-hmm. anticipation of their involvement. Hey, what's going to be happen. catching a lot more passes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they got a coach out there who looks like he's taken two Red Bulls of Monster Drink and four Venti Mocha Cappuccinos out there. Well, with... think about it. So you and Jack and I are walking by Russell after practice. Yeah. We're walking by, um, and he, he, like, runs over to me, puts a th- shoulder into me, and then – did it again, by the way. Yeah. You said Russell. <laughs> Shepard, I, I don't know why. I don't even like Jamarcus Russell. So, anyway, uh, so Shepard's probably the comes only over, Jamarcus you know until co- today. Comes over and throws a shoulder into me and then throws a pass and, and stuff. So, he was, he's, a, he's a character. We had, a, you know, we talked about Shepard, we talked about DeBoer, um, you know, but just did you, you know, just watching some of the other coaches out there and their styles, I went down to the offensive line for a little bit, and I saw uh, Coach Huff doing some drills that I hadn't seen him do a lot in, in the past, too. So, um, you know, are you noticing much from the other I guys? I didn't see a lot of the offensive line. I didn't see a lot of that today. They were down in the corner. I was focused on the quarterbacks mostly Yeah, today. I was going to say, the only thing I really noticed was when they lined up yeah. as units, and those will probably turn some eyes yeah. In terms of what was going on last year and what's going on now. So we can go for it. Uh, even though, okay, first of all, Jackson Kirkland was out there. He was out foots there. Foots in absolutely. a boot, as we all know, because even if he w- had been cleared for spring, he wasn't going to practice this spring. It's the reason mm-hmm. why he's back in the first place. Because mm-hmm. if, his, if, his, if his foot was healthy, he'd be in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so we already knew that was going to happen. But the fact that we saw him out there and he had a jersey on and everything, I think that bodes well for yeah. the fact that they're pretty, they pretty much good. assuming that he's going to be back for the fall. So that's good news. And in case you missed it, by the way, he is enrolled in school. Yes, that's DeBoer said, it, it. DeBoer said it on yeah. Monday, yeah. Um, so uh, left tackle, the number one group from left to right, left tackle was Troy Fautanu, left guard was um, Nate Kalepo, center was Corey Luciano, the right guard – was Victor Kern, which was a little different. And then right tackle was Mateo Mele. And so then the twos from left to right were Julius Bulow at left tackle, which is kind of new. Then guard Memelart, left guard. Guerin Hatchett at center. Miles Morrell at right guard. And then Roger Rosengarten at right tackle. So I thought those lines lineups were interesting. And then the thing is, is you talk about scripting and stuff, Kim. 
that could have been for our eyes, but then later on, when they were actually doing the full drills, with they switched the, everything. No, they didn't. <laughs> it was the same. They were the same two lines. So maybe we're starting to see kind of the formulations. And again, no Henry Bainavalu today, so we don't know. We assume Henry's would be the right guard, but we don't know that. He was out there doing drills. Right. So. He was. He and he was out there, but he just wasn't practicing. And then again, with Jackson Kirkland coming back for the fall, we automatically assume he slots in at left tackle. So does that? change things or does that literally mean then Fautanu just becomes the left tackle and you go from there yeah, yeah definitely an interesting day and one of the things that you know we talked about you know in the offseason one of the strengths of this team is going to be the running back room but it just looks like a mash unit out there yeah well I mean let's talk about who the number one running back was today Camden Sermon baby yeah, former quarterback Camden Sermon who has been moved to running back still a walk on he's not on scholarship that I'm aware of so he got the I'm first sorry. carry yeah, he got and, the first and I'm carries. and I'm pulling this totally out of my butt I'm telling that you guys right now right away this just to me has trick plays written all over it. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you mean? You so, convert a quarterback to running back. Yeah. What are you supposed to think? Yeah. So I, you know, I just and when there's, I, I always hate talking about the running backs running the ball when when there's no contact. You know, it's like, okay, big deal. You know. Yeah. It, there's just not a lot to to see or do. Aaron Dumas, <clears throat> I was. I was impressed with him. Big legs, big, thick legs, um, running around. He was doing some, like, trying to catch some punt returns, yeah. and he dropped a few, so didn't look like the most natural. But, but it was guy, interesting but, yeah. that you look at the lower body of him, yeah. and then you look at the lower bodies of all the other guys that were coming back, and I'm talking about guys that are still – you know, 20 pounds heavier than him, mm-hmm. none of those guys have the lower body well, of Aaron Dumas. Well, not even close. He's a fire hydrant. I mean, is, is he 5'8", five, 5'7"? Five, no, he's no, taller he's, than that. He's about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, somewhere no. in that range. He just seems like he's, like I said, you know, just how wide he is. Mm-hmm. He's that definite, I'm tr- I was trying to think, you know, who is he built like because he is that fire hydrant yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say if you have to think about someone, I'm not thinking of anyone in recent memory From because even though least, size, yeah. even though size-wise, he may be about the same, you know, height as a Miles Gaskin or a Savon Ahmed or something, but he does not. He He's is thicker. Yeah, Way Gaskin thicker. and those they're not built like that, not like him. But I mean, other than you know, uh, Sermon and Dumas, I mean, who else have you got out there at yeah. running back? Well, Javion, Javion Sunday. Javion Sunday. Um, you and know, Sam Adams, Richard Newton, and and. Uh, um, uh, Cam, Cam Davis. Newton, Cam Davis. Neither of those are going to be playing this in practice. Yeah, so, uh, in spring. Sam Adams um, was in yellow. Sam Adams was in yellow, and we didn't see Caleb Berry at all. Yeah. So, and there's been some rumors that a running back has already decided to leave. So that can be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and Meg, we didn't see Megwa either. So that running back. No, room, well, Meg was out. Yeah, they're they're, they're still waiting he on word from practice, him. Though. He was yeah. not. DeVore said Monday there was probably a good chance that he was going to be out for spring, and I think we can yeah. maybe assume. That's what's the case. That room is thin. Yeah. That room is really thin. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When we uh, 
take a look at some of the recruits that were here today, Scott. And I know you had a list out before, but tell people a little bit about some of the guys that were here. So, well, Tristan Dunn was here, and Chuck Morrell was with him. He's a big kid, and, by the way. Yeah, he's, he's big. He's, tall, he's, not, he's not big. St- uh, but he's legit 6'3", if not 6'4". He's yeah. a Turner size? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say that that's good comparison. Um, and then, um, so, but he's a 2022 signee. <clears throat> the other guys who were here that are 2023 guys were uh, Malachi Crawford, the wide receiver from Southern California. But he was watching with the he DBs. Was, yeah, w- I think he was watching diagonally. He was talking. I don't know. I don't know. But um, he was he was watch he was standing down by the DBs. Yeah. But I saw him watching wide receivers too. So, and then uh, Mal, um, uh, Micah Banuelos and Landon Hatchett were both here. Probably the top two in-state linemen on Washington's board. So that's that's the guys who were here. And we saw something a little bit different at the end of practice. I thought, I thought this was very cool. Yeah. So um, at the end of practice, Kalen DeBoer has everybody line up and, and Pete and pretty much every coach that I've ever seen really has a, the guys going a circle around him. Right. Yep. Well, DeBoer actually just, the guys lined up it's in like front of him, like a, like a half circle yeah, or a square, even, you know, whatever it was, they're lined up in front of him and he calls up Chuck Morrell to introduce Tristan Dunn. Yep. And then he calls up Scott Huff to in- introduce Hatchet and Banuelos. And I think, think Shepard was the one who introduced Crawford, but I, I didn't see that one. But, um, yeah, it was interesting to see those introduced in front of the entire team. And the that, team that was, different. was loving it. Yeah. I mean, they, I think it's just a way, again, of rolling out the red carpet and, and showing them as much love as they can. Yeah. And, again, you know, it's not like we saw a ton of post-practice stuff, whether it was spring or fall, whether it was with Peterson or Lake. But we would kind of turn in, and, and we were on the full opposite side. Mm-hmm. So we got a chance to see a really good kind of up close glimpse on it, and it was—I thought it was very cool. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, Micah Van uh, Banuelos. Uh, ben he had his family here with him yeah, as well. Yeah, mom, dad, look like brother and sister. Yeah. So um, then, uh, you know, anything else in recruiting we need to catch up with Scott? Um, I, you know, I don't have my list in front of me on who's supposed to be here, but basically almost every practice is supposed to have recruits at it. Um, it feels like they're spacing them out so that they have maybe two, three or four kind of the bigger ones so they, they can, you know, highlight them, spotlight them, give, you know, let Courtney Morgan be their guide, have, have Justin Glenn involved as well. And just really, you know, have them dial in with their position guys and then, again, yeah. show them kind of the love at the end. And uh, Lyndon Christian, uh, uh, tight end prospect, he's a, he's a two-way guy, but some schools are recruiting him as a DN, but most are recruiting him as a tight end. Yeah, Kate Eldridge. And he, he's going to be up here um, on Sunday, I think is what he told me. So I had a chance to talk to some of the guys post-practice, the guys that you talked to today. Scott, anything jump out at you just right off the top of your head? Uh, well, Eric, Eric Schmidt is a talker. He'll he'll t- he'll give you a lot of stuff. He won't give you a lot of cliches and things like that. But he'll he'll say, "Hey, this is what this guy's working on, and and we need him to do this more and and stuff like that." I asked him some specific uh, ZTF questions. So I also did talk to ZTF. So that was kind of 
kind of cool to get to talk to him for a little bit. Um, Jack talked to Braylon Trice. You talked to Dominique. I talked to Dom and um, and uh, ZTF. And just real quick, it's kind of interesting talking to Dom, you know, with the position. You know, it's a new position for him. He came as a corner, played a lot of safety, yeah. and now this Husky position. And, you know, he talked a little bit, and you'll have to listen to it and see the quotes on it. But he talked about, you know, uh, being able to – keep his head in the game and mm-hmm. keep his cool and he said you know bookie was helping him quite a bit with that you just because he had a lot of personal fouls here the mm-hmm. last couple of years so real interesting to talk to dom and then uh, you know I had a chance to talk to ztf and you know and uh you know those who listened to the podcast we had with him a while back i asked him how his clothing line specifically his hoodie line is coming mm-hmm. along so he said hopefully by the end of spring he'll have something that they're you know he turned in his logo so cool. we'll see we're looking forward to a hoodie from uh, uh ZTF. ztf with a little bit of island flair to it that ought to be cool yeah, I spoke to, to yeah. I, yeah, I spoke to Hampton specifically, kind of about the Husky position, um, kind of the, the the new wrinkles with that, um, catching up with Cam Wright because that's a guy he would probably be playing next to, mm-hmm. um, and kind of Bright's experience, kind of playing out there in space a little bit, but a little closer, closer to the box, and then I spoke to Julius Brown at length. Um, really good coach, um, gave us some insight on kind of what the Husky position is going to be like, different from the nickel that oh, Jimmy Lake and those guys used. And then um, he told, he told obviously, that Hampton's involved and Cam. Those are the two guys, Cam Fabikalanen. Those are the two guys that are listed on Go Huskies as Huskies. And then he also mentioned Dyson McCutcheon and Mish Powell mm-hmm. as two other guys that, that they're, they're pretty comfortable with kind of rolling those guys in. So it tells me they're looking for guys that have really good football IQs, just generally smart guys, tough guys that have the instinct to be around the ball. And so they're diff- different body types because you look at Dyson McCutcheon, he's what, 5'10", maybe 180, mm-hmm. 185. And then you go to Dom Hampton, who's legit 6'2", 215, 220. So they're going to use a lot of different guys at that Husky position. When you, I wanted to ask you, Chris, but, you know, when I think of what they're having Dom Hampton do, and we, I haven't seen enough of it yet, and I'm still a little bit unsure exactly what it is, but are they kind of – going to use him is it going to be similar to the way they used you know Zeke uh, Zeke Turner I don't I don't remember Zeke Turner doing anything other than play safety so I don't know well he'd come up and play linebacker a little bit you know in the way that well if they were, was it, yeah if they're playing nickel or if they're playing an extra DB I mean they can do a bunch of different things the husky position specifically is going to be a starting position yeah. because they're going to be playing that nickel base or in this case a husky I guess husky base and so it's four two five. And so he'll be playing a lot further down in the box than he would have at safety. And so it's the hybrid position that the nickel would normally do, except for in this case, that instead of using maybe like a straight cornerback or safety body, they're using a hybrid safety linebacker type. So they want that guy to be a really good tackler, especially in space, but they want to play him close to the line of scrimmage. Think of it like a Miles Bryant, but if Miles was a little bigger, you know, or bookie, you know, size. or a bookie, yeah. Radley Hiles, same type of thing. They want to use that nickel style, but they want to play specifically much closer to the line of scrimmage, and they want to do it with bigger bodies. Because it almost seems like, okay, you know, your corner skills are going to be needed, your safety skills, your linebacker, and boy, it just seems like a combination of all three of those yes. guys is what they're asking. Yeah. For Dom sure, to and, do. and if you ask Dom Hampton, I mean, if we go back and look at what Dom Hampton's done, he's played corner, he's played safety. He knows how to play around the defensive backfield. So he's not going to be a stranger to, to play in these different type positions. And just one more thing on Dom Hampton. Back returning punts. 
Yeah. Well, well, or well, they, <laughs> they had to. They had the punt returners and the kick returners all kind of fielding kicks from the from the machine. And so, yeah, that was we all that was an eye opener. Well, yeah, we had to, was that Dom back there? Yeah, that no. was that was an eye opener. All right, Chris Fetters, wrap it up. Final thoughts. Well, again, for good first day. I'm really glad we got a chance to see more than what I was expecting to. So if we get close to an hour every day, I'm going to be thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, a good, like I said, tempo I thought was good. You could tell with Jamarcus Shepard, it felt like the receivers might feel like they have a new lease on life. I thought the quarterbacks, you know, look pretty good against, uh, you know, in air, against air um, for the most part. But, again, we won't know hardly anything yeah. until they put pads on. That, that will be when not only does it tell the tale on, like, who really has stepped up in the offseason to, to show that they're bigger, faster, stronger, but we'll also get a much better idea of how these coaches really want to attack spring. Are they going to do it? Because they're doing a lot of theory right now. We didn't hear a ton of music today. You know, the music was out there, but it was low. And so they, they're, they're still very much in full teaching mode, trying to get these guys all on the same page. Just real quick, ZTF, uh, I think he leaked it. He was saying some stuff I'm sure he wasn't supposed to, but pads on Monday is what he said. Yeah, but I mean, that'll be, that's four, this should be like fifth practice. Usually, yeah, there's like four acclimatization days, and then usually by the fifth day they're on. So, yeah, if they I don't think it's full pads. Yeah, I think I it's mean, probably just shoulder pads and yeah, helmets for, two, for for Monday and Wednesday, and then full pads Friday. Yeah, that's what I would. That's what I would think. Scott Eckler, um, you know, just fun to be back out. Um, you know, we were back out last spring, and remember how special it felt to finally be back out watching football again um, on the field after a year, almost a year and a half of not being able to do it. Yeah. It was fun. Um, you know, I like seeing the new coaches. I like to actually get to talk to the coaches because we hadn't talked other than um, Chuck Morrell and uh, Ryan Grubb on Monday and Kalen DeBoer. Those are the only coaches we had really talked to very since much since they were hired. Since they were hired, so it was good to get out and see some. You know, so get to talk you to Chris uh, to Julius Brown, yep. me to Eric Schmidt. It was very good to get the, their thoughts on things and see how they do things. And what I like, what I like, is coaches who aren't going to give us a bunch of cliches like, "Oh, they need to do better." You know. So on Friday, it's going to yeah. be fun talking to yeah. Shepard because we'll I guarantee you, yeah. he's going to be asked for a lot. And Scott, I think some of that is because you know, for the past two years, all we've got is players and coaches in a press conference type setting mm-hmm. with them behind a table, and just for those, uh, you know, maybe not know what's going on. We got access to a lot of players today in not, I mean, out on the field. So you could take five, ten minutes with a player and ask follow-up mm-hmm. questions. So getting to know these guys a little bit, and I think that's what we missed yeah. a lot the last yeah, couple the last of years. Couple of years yeah. Definitely. And again, that 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 should not be an indictment on Jimmy Lake or any no, of the coaches. That was that was a, that was a COVID, COVID thing. Yeah. No. So the fact that we're no almost kind of back to normal is, is, is kind of a godsend. Yeah, you know, and just, uh, you know, we were out there today. We were expecting rain, and there was no rain today, and it wasn't incredibly cold, so it was actually quite comfortable in there, even though I had four layers and hand warmers and what, everything going weather on. Well, I know. What was the weird was, was usually, usually we'll hear the eagles, yeah. you know, when they're fighting with the seagulls and the, and the crows and everything. And you, you hear that, but we didn't hear that today. Yeah, we're inside a Husky Stadium. It's yeah. just good to be back at football. So uh, just a different feel with this coaching staff. And uh, like I said, kind of a getting-to-know-you phase. So it'll be interesting to see what we are allowed to see on Friday, which is the next practice, and then again on Monday. So um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for people that don't know. Yeah. It's for Monday, the, Wednesday, first Friday. First three weeks. First yeah. three weeks. And then the last week is Tuesday, Thursday. Or I'm sorry. The last week is Monday, 
Wednesday, Friday, but there's a Saturday one that we won't be covering. Right. And then the last week is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. We've been doing this a long time. We actually started back in 1997, and uh, I, I think we're running just we're running on all, all gears, all mm-hmm. cylinders are running. And you know, there's a lot of people out here covering practice, but nobody covers it as in depth as we will at Dogman.com. You'll get all. We'll give you everything, and uh, we're not limited for space. We can give you more, but uh, for those who aren't subscribers, we're running a special 50% off your annual subscription. Um, And it's it's, upgradable. So any of our monthly subscribers that have been – kind of doing month to month this is the time to jump in it's a great deal you know and so like i said you know if you're a true hardcore husky football fan you're never going to get anywhere near as much as what we do and just like i said take a look at the message boards that's where a lot of the good stuff and there's still stuff going on with basketball too so keep your eyes on all of that so uh just a reminder if you're looking for the regular updates as well as breaking news alerts just shoot us a note husky stadium at gmail.com subject line newsletter uh we'll get you hooked up again husky stadium at gmail.com subject line newsletter and and for all of us, by the way, our two interns both had to leave. They had class. Uh-huh. They, they got to go to class. So uh, thanks to um, Matt and Jack for helping us out today as well. So for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go dogs. <laughs>